Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this Tuesday morning, a mostly sunny day for Sydney. Tops of 26 for the city, but much warmer out west. So 32, the expected top for Penrith today. Possible shower heading our way tomorrow and Thursday. And then sort of backing off a little bit towards the back end of the week. Weather will be a hot topic of conversation when we get to the semi-finals of the one-day International World Cup, and particularly for Australia. You might have heard Vossi and Brandy talking about this, and I did some more checking on the forecast there. 60% chance of rain ahead of the one-day International semi-final between Australia and South Africa, but then it gets to 100% chance by night time at Eden Gardens in Calcutta. So how's that going to affect everything? We'll find out and have a chat with Tim Payne this morning. Former Australian captain will be my special guest. And I also want to know from Tim, Manus or Marcus? It's that kind of straightforward for the Aussie selectors, or is it? Dig into that in just a second. Scotty Bailey will be with me from AAP with his take on the fallout from the 2024 NRL draw, which we brought you yesterday as it emerged while we were on air. Most of the details we kind of knew anyway. And then everybody's been picking through it. Simon Hill will be along to talk football. And Kayla George from the Sydney Flames. So her new team, she's done it all in the world of basketball and is now at the Sydney Flames this season for the next couple of seasons. It was a three-year deal with a mutual option for the third. So they're trying to build something pretty good and pretty special there at the Sydney Flames. And Kayla will give us an insight into that multiple WNBL champion WNBA champ. She's won gold medal for Australia at the Commonwealth Games, uh, World Cup silver and bronze medals. She has quite literally done it all. And here she faces a different kind of challenge as they rebuild and try and build something very big under Guy Malloy at the Sydney Flames. So that's the lineup of guests this morning. Of course, you have the big say on this program on 1300 01 1170 on the open line or 0457736736 on the text line. And we really got moving yesterday to start the week. You know, it was this time last week we were talking about the Melbourne Cup, how quickly we move on. And we now focus especially not just on footy and what's ahead of us in 2024, but cricket. So let's start there. That weather forecast, like I said, will be all important. The Manus or Marcus conversation continues. South Africa's captain, Temba Bavuma, has been out and taking part in optional training. So he's been suffering from a hamstring strain. And this will be a critical selection for South Africa, whether or not Bavuma comes in or he won't make it. So he did some light running, some light batting. Aidan Markram is likely to captain South Africa if Temba will not play in the semi-final. Meanwhile, the selection headache for Australia, they'll have it sorted by now. But we have to wait and see what's going to happen in between now and Thursday. India v New Zealand before that on Wednesday at Wonkhede Stadium. So it appears here that if you win the toss, you're going okay. The average score batting first at this stadium at this World Cup has been 6 for 357. Chasing, 9 for 188. And that includes Glenn Maxwell's double century innings. So the new ball has been causing a bit of chaos under lights and later into the night in that one. So you don't want to be batting second if you can avoid it. And if you are, then you have to hold on through the first 15 overs at least. And perhaps it also comes down to Rohit Sharma 
for India because he's turned the script. He's he's flipped the script on what to do at the top of the innings for him. Explosive starts. He scored more power play runs. He scored quicker and at a higher average with more fours and more sixes than anyone at this World Cup. And that opens the gates for the others to get going minus the pressure. So if India are to continue this unbelievable unbeaten run at their home ODI World Cup, perhaps it sits on the toss and perhaps it sits on Rohit Sharma's performance. Meanwhile, Mitchell Stark's thrown something out there for the ODIs and said, why don't we just go back to using one ball instead of twos, particularly on the small grounds and flat wickets. So he believes that the use of a new kookaburra after 25 overs has limited the ability to gain that reverse swing, particularly in the daytime. Let's have a listen to Mitch Stark's thoughts here on returning to one ball. Yeah, I think on, on particular wickets or, again, on, on different, uh, whether you bat a ball first, certainly bowling first on particular wickets. The, the new ball, I think, with two, two fielders out, has been almost sometimes the hardest time to bowl. You get a, a bit of an understanding of the wicket whilst the game goes on and, and whether they slow up or the ball gets softer. So that's not a sob story it's just like that's the, the nature of one day cricket at the minute you've got two brand new balls on on flat wickets i think that's the nature of the world cup if you look at the runs scored or certainly the century scored as opposed to five wickets taken the ratios are heavily skewed so but that's the nature of the world cup certainly on the wickets over here and bowlers just have to find a way and get used to it i still think it should be one ball not two what would what, what make you say that the ball stays harder for longer. As we've seen here, the grounds are quite small. Wickets are flat. If anything, in world cricket, wickets have gotten flatter. And I think if you look at some of that old footage where they play one ball, reverse swing comes into it a lot more. That actually brings the bowlers back into the game. And I don't think there's any secret that one-day cricket and probably T20 cricket as well was the baddest game. And bowlers just have to hang on. The ball stays harder for longer. If you're listening to anyone in this debate, I reckon you're listening to somebody like Mitchell Stark. And in his own words he you know he knows that he hasn't been absolutely braining him this year's ODI World Cup he's taken 10 wickets at an average of 44 with an economy rate of 6.55 but it's not an excuse here it's just an opinion what do you think on this one do you agree with Mitchell Stark or are you happy with the way that the ODI World Cup has been playing out let me know your thoughts 0457 736 736 so to rugby league we go and the fallout from the draw that was uh, released yesterday. Cronulla Sharks, again, another easy draw. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, you would say, have the hardest draw. So the Sharks will play this year's bottom four teams eight times next year. And this year's finalists just nine times in 2024. The Bunnies will have 13 games against finalists from this season. The Eels... No team will have more matches against teams coming off a bye next year. They'll have five matches against teams coming off the bye. The Dragons, as we know, missing magic round. Tigers, as we know, get the round one bye. And the Warriors finish off with a bye. That's an interesting one too. Would you rather your team have the bye in round one or round 27? Would you rather them sort of be able to sit back and get another week of preseason training? Essentially, we'll have the preseason challenge, but... Would you prefer your team just to have an extra week off, get everyone back together and back into the swing of things, or would you prefer them prefer them to have the bye at the end when everyone's busted up and hopefully your team's going into the finals? Give me your opinions on that. What's your option? First round, last round bye, let me know. The Eels, Tigers and Storm 
have the most five-day turnarounds with three, and the Bulldogs and Seagulls have none. And, of course, Anzac Day fixtures got a lot of people talking yesterday saying, hang on a second, what's happening here? Well, what's happening is we've now got three. And Thursday, so Anzac Day in 2024 falls on a Thursday. It'll be the Warriors hosting the Titans at Go Media Stadium in Auckland, beamed into here on Thursday afternoon. Dragons v Roosters on Thursday at 4 o'clock Eastern Daylight Saving Time. So that's at Allianz Stadium. And then, of course, Storm v Rabbitohs on Thursday night at Amy Park. We know this. The Warriors will put on a very emotional show over there in front of their home fans at Go Media. The Dragons Roosters blockbuster speaks for itself at Allianz Stadium with its history. And again, the Storm at Amy Park on that Anzac Day evening is something very, very special. And this time around, it'll be against the Rabbitohs. So you've had 24 hours to pick your way through it. Do you put any emphasis on your team's schedule? We had a lot of people saying yesterday, who cares? I mean, it's going to play out the way it's going to play out. And essentially, most of the top eight teams will be there when the whips are cracking anyway. So do I really care about how it falls uh, along the way? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got to take a look at, for instance, the the Eels with those teams that they've got to face coming off the buys. I mean, you've got to throw it all in the mix, not to mention the Las Vegas doubleheader to start it. So now that you've had a good chance to think about it, let me ask you this. Do you think your draw makes you consider your team's outcome next year any differently? Do you look at it and go, well... I thought we were going to go top eight, but now it's a little bit harder. Or do you just think it is what it is? And when, like I say, the whips are cracking and the top eight comes on through, that those usual suspects will be there. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Meanwhile, Andrew Abdo faced the press yesterday and spoke at length about the draw and a whole heap of other issues. State of origin, the state of origin women's game going to three matches next season, which is absolutely awesome. Um, but also whether or not they would ratify, this is the ARL Commission, would ratify salary cap exemptions to sign players from rival codes, something we discussed yesterday. You gave me plenty of your thoughts, and obviously here we're looking at rugby union mostly in this one. So here's what the NRL CEO had to say. Many of those players played uh, when they were juniors. Uh, it's a great opportunity to try and get them back. If we can come up with good incentives for us to attract athletes from other codes, uh, the commission have said that they uh, are willing to look at that, and that's exciting for us. Is it about getting one back on rugby after they stole Joseph Suali? Uh, we just focused on our sport. We focused on league and making it the best possible experience, not just for fans, but for players as well. <laughs> so is it us versus them, do you think? Is it, is it league v union, If depending on which side you're on? Or is it just smart practice? Of course they've got to go looking there. And if they can make it easier, then of course they should. So we can ask questions about Joseph Suali'i or not. Um, They had to empty the bank virtually at Rugby Union to try and get him over there. And perhaps they've got to cut some slack on the other way around as well. If cutting slack means ratifying salary cap exemptions, then let's see. Let's see. I've got no problems with it. It's all talk at the moment, but I've got no dramas with it. If you're at the NRL, that's smart business. If you're at Rugby Australia, it's just another 
challenge that you've got to face from your opposition, from your competition, I should say. Not so much your opposition, but your competition. And that's what it is at the moment. And that's another challenge that they've got to face. But that's in their court right now, and we'll see how that one plays out. And now that you've heard from the NRL CEO, sounds pretty gung-ho about it. What are your thoughts about it? The Titans CEO, Steve Mitchell, has addressed the David Fafita rumours. Haven't we been here before, folks? Haven't we been down this road before? This, to me, speaks of player power in the marketplace. And it reflects where players sit, what they can do, and what they can put on the table, especially if you're somebody like David Fafita. So, rumours around he wouldn't be at the club in 2025. News Corp broke the story that despite Fafita signing a three-year extension with the club back in August, the new deal included player options for 25 and 26. So it means that David Fafita could effectively become a free agent on November 1, that that dreaded date. The secret clause which is not so secret now. (laughs) The secret clause um, apparently has nothing to do with money, but was purely put in his contract to ensure Fafita had time to strike up a relationship with Des Hasler. And under the terms of the clause, it's believed that that time is up until round 10, which is when David Fafita and management will have a chance to take up that deal with the Titans for 2025 or go somewhere else. So, I mean, if if you look at it, just in pure, plain terms from what we understand from the reports, David Fafita's got until round 10 to work out whether or not he likes working with Des Hasler or struck up a relationship. Who's the coach and who's the player here? I would suggest that this is just part of what a player in David Fafita's position can do, which is put some some sort of you know clauses in there that say, well, essentially I've got the power here and I'm going to use it. I don't know if it's got anything to do with a relationship with the coach. It'll have probably more to do with results. If they're going like bustards up until round 10 and they can't see a way out, then he can look around. And again, that goes straight back to the player in this position having the power. Steve Mitchell was on Sports Day last night with Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews, and here's what he had to say, the Gold Coast Titans CEO quite a bit of disinformation in the public domain at the moment. It's a subject that we don't talk to on any of our players yep. um, just because it's it's, uh, it's something that's um, in confidence in an employee-employer uh, relationship. So it's hard to talk to. Dave's back. He's keen. He's, he's excited to be working with, with Des. Hard for me to speak to contracts, if that, if that makes sense. Are you confident that he'll be a Titan in 2025? I think Dave loves the environment. He loves the resources that we got here. He enjoys the club. He, he believes in, in our purpose and where we're going, the opportunity, and he's got a great relationship with the player group and the, the coaching staff that are here. If Dave applies himself the way he did this year, I'm, uh, and, and I'm confident he is, he's, he's up and he's excited. He'll have a breakout year for us, yeah. I'm confident he's here with us. Do you expect this to be <laughs> sorted out soon? Uh, yeah. Aha, there you go, yeah. So... I don't know what they've got to sort out, though. If he's signed the three-year extension back in August and there's player options for 2025 and 26, obviously the options are what they've got to sort out. So they want to lock that up as soon as possible. They don't want it hanging out there, but that was obviously what they had to do to get that deal done at the time. Advantage, rugby league player in that scenario, and they are the ones that have the power in that scenario. In NFL today, just after midday, the Buffalo Bills 5-4 and four will take on the Denver Broncos. You can catch every NFL game this season 
with Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. So that's what's on the list this morning, folks, on this Tuesday morning. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You've had time to digest the rugby league draw for twenty twenty four. Does it change in any way what you are thinking or expecting of your team next season and finals hopes? What about the ODI World Cup? Do you think we should just go back to the one ball? Should we be listening? to Mitchell Stark here and go, hey, let's just bring it back to the bowler a little bit, folks. You can have your say on that. Come back and join us after this on the morning's program right here on SEN. It's your home of sport in Sydney.